Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Talk and Tech, this podcast, let's get this going. So, what's up, everybody? My name is Daniel. It's your boy, Double H. Half Hope, where can people find you before we get going? Halfhopefootballhots.com. Cool, 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 cool. That was just me buying time so I could open my, <laughs> my phone. Mm. Uh, Talking Tactics, new reviews, Unreal Pod. He says, uh, what's up, fellas? I've been listening for three, four years, and it's become one of my favorite podcasts. This is from D Clay 3445 as an African-American Chelsea supporter, finding people and voices who share a similar background and passion for the sport or for soccer is kind of tough. You guys bridge that gap, and I really appreciate y'all for that. So, you know, that was a five-star view. Thank shout you, out. bro. I appreciate shout it, bro. Out. I appreciate shout it, out. man. Shout out, bro. Um, so, yeah. Leave us a five-star view. We'll read it on the show. Uh, we have a Patreon, so help us out there. There's extra podcasts and different stuff that you get without ads and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, this was a big week. Actually, it's a big couple weeks coming up. This is the the good, the juicy part of the season. So Cup Finals, there's Asian Cup, there's AFCON, uh, Champions League is about to kick off. But let's talk about the title race. So mm. Arsenal played or hosted Liverpool and... Liverpool, for a lot of people, were, if anybody's going to challenge Manchester City, it's going to be Liverpool, Arsenal, or a distant third. Mm. The game will be a formality based on what we've seen from Liverpool for the past three weeks. Even without Mohamed Salah and some of the injuries that they've been going through, they've played generally well to the point of impressing. I thought the game was going to be far more Liverpool dominant than it turned out to be. What turned out was Arsenal played exceptionally well. Yeah. dominated from virtually the first minute to the last minute. There was a little blip um, at the end of the first half where Liverpool equalized basically out of nothing. But other than that, it was Arsenal back to front. I think Liverpool are still top. City have a game in hand, but they're level with Arsenal. So Arsenal are two points away from, from Liverpool, but you know City are City. So um, they'll probably be a point ahead when they when they play their game in hand. What did you make of the of the match? And uh, where does it place Arsenal and now Liverpool with what we know City are capable of doing? City already want to win the league, so that's already set. Like, <laughs> let's 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 not even beat around the, the so bush. So no there. drama. We can't get no, drama. No, there's no drama. I think what this ultimately is is that respect Fabinho, mm. respect Mane, respect Firmino. Gakpo. Oh, oh, Henderson? We're not giving Henderson his no, love? No, we're not, okay. we're not. We're not. So, if it's down to Charles Darwin and the Gak, Pause. you're not winning in any league title. It's not happening. Okay, Gakpo, Gakpo, Gakpo. Then. <laughs> right. um, 
If it's down to those dudes, you're not winning any titles. It's not happening. So, and this is the reality. He said, I want to be, because Arsenal fans keep thinking that I'm, I'm hating and everything. I'm not hating. I don't do that whole, oh, Chelsea, Arsenal, everything. I don't do that crap. I'm just being real. What Arsenal have done have just played into City's hands. Because the only team that can realistically beat City to the title is Liverpool. Yeah. Realistically speaking, Arsenal just they just don't 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 have it in them. It's not gonna happen. So what this now does is oh, it's it makes it easier for, for, for City. So because I think the whole idea was Klopp says I'm leaving, puts four or four, puts five past Norwich, he puts four past Chelsea. Okay, well now I'm back. But what this now shows is that and we'll get to those bombs in in, in blue. Is <laughs> like not is like Delia Smith FC and those and those bombs from Hammersmith are trash. Let's be having you. <laughs> but but, but Arsenal, no, these guys are actually like a good team. And I think what this was was Arsenal wanted to, to prove a point because everybody says Arsenal were way, way out of it. And I think that because there's now this whole notion of like Atateto, he was over celebrating. If you've just beaten the league leaders and the guys who are now batting for you for the title, you have every freaking right to bloody celebrate, even over celebrate if you want to. Looking at both of these teams, it's 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 I don't know, it's 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 done. Because as I was watching the game, I was like, neither of these guys is winning the league, bro. <laughs> neither of these guys is winning the league. The the the, the ultimate winner there is Manchester. Hundred percent. It's it's yeah. The formality of City winning is something that we've all kind of contended with and have come to grips with. You know, the five stages of, what is it, grieving or acceptance or whatever it is. Like, we're, we're at acceptance, you know. Like, City will win. That's what we think. It would take a miracle for them not to. Um, by the way, do we talk about Mope and Kyle Walker? <laughs> I don't know if you see this, but... Um, so Kyle Walker, there's some tabloid news going on with, with Walker and Mope apparently talked about Kyle Walker's kids. So that was some beef that happened earlier. But yeah, Manchester City are the behemoth that we expect them to be. They're even bringing back players, the quality of Kevin De Bruyne, who played 90 minutes for the first time. Haaland is, is back. Alvarez is always there. If you're getting hat tricks from Phil Foden, you know, I don't, I, I don't see a way especially because they have games against each other coming mm. up. I don't see Liverpool beating City or I don't see Arsenal beating City. Yeah. The best they can maybe hope for is a draw, but that doesn't really help. City should win, but how we get there, they can make it interesting. Okay, do you believe that City are incapable of not winning every game from now to the end of the season? I don't think they will, but it's not an outlandish possibility. It's not sort of outlandish. So, That's the issue. So they can just run to the table if they want to. Like I said, they're, they're the behemoth that we expect them to be, and they're getting players back. So it is what it is. I, I, I do want to give Arsenal their, their props, though, yeah, because they did something I didn't think was possible. Now, my opinion of Liverpool was shaped by the Chelsea game, but that's because my bias is still to look at that badge on Chelsea's shirt and think it's a tough game for the opposition. When they lose 4-2 to Wolves, it gives you the perspective that just because Liverpool beat Chelsea in the way that they did, that's not a reflection of Liverpool. That's more a reflection of the state that Chelsea are yeah, in. Yeah. So it was almost false confidence that I had in Liverpool based on prior performances, but I didn't take into account Arsenal are a much superior team than Chelsea. Yeah. And they're at home. 
it's it's hard really to place how good Liverpool are really when, as you say, they're playing Norwich but, but, oh, and they're playing Chelsea. Also, keep in mind though, no Salah, no Endo. But then again, if Salah and Endo plays, does it make that much of a difference? I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe. Um, yeah. I think the okay. If we want to talk about Liverpool, and actually, it, it's both. The tactical approach of taking advantage of Trent is something that Chelsea weren't able to do, which speaks more to their capability again than Liverpool. But Shut it's up, something what? that Arsenal were able to do. Arsenal played very well. Jorginho was great. George Rice was great. Um, the front three did what they needed to do. Havertz wasn't a liability, all of that. Um, the only player that I look at that Arsenal team and I'm like, nah, is Zinchenko. Oh, okay, wait, wait, let me ask you this. Do you feel that Arsenal have a re realistic chance of winning the title? Yeah. Yes, they can. They won't, as previously discussed, Manchester City will. Last season was more realistic than this season mm. because of the lead that they built. But they can. Yeah. You you don't think it's at you don't think it's reasonable? No. <laughs> Are they two points off? No. Like for no for, for me, I just I I just feel that um it's the opposition. City are just too strong. And my thing is, under pressure, do we trust Arsenal? We've seen City under pressure. They've done it far too many times. You know, and they, that core group have shown that they can be under pressure and just be laser focused and win games when they need to. Arsenal, they've not shown me that. So, unless the only way that this happens as if something shocking happens in terms of City, just give up games. Arsenal are going to lose games. Like, let's see what... Because again, again I don't want to be... Same as if I'm hitting on, on Arsenal. So, if they prove me wrong, I'll be the first to say, wow, you've proven me wrong. Wow. And let's be real. Chelsea are not even in this conversation. The best thing for the Premier League is for other Arsenal or Liverpool to win. That's the best thing for the Premier League. The worst thing for the Premier League is for Pep to do four in a row. Because if it does four in a row, bro, Fergie will become more and more like folklore or legend or even a myth. And then this really is the English Bundesliga now. In terms of you trying to market this league as a competition, you need Arsenal Liverpool to win. Because if City do four in a row, you, you cannot market this as a competition. You can't. It's, 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 it's as good as the Bundesliga. Can we talk about Chelsea? Because that's what's on my that's, look, look, that's, go for that's, it. look. That's what's on my heart today. That's was what's on everyone's hearts, bro. So. <laughs> that's that's what's on my heart. Um, it's reached a point where losing to Wolves has not shocked anyone. Wait, no, 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 no. Let me stop you there, quick. So mm. we lose to Wolves, yeah. And then someone tweets at me and says, "Oh, half up emergency." Then I'm like. <laughs> The purpose of the emergency hangouts is something shocking, something yeah. surprising, where this is such shocking news. Stop what you're doing. We are going live now. Oh, screw the schedule. Let's go because this needs to be addressed because this is shocking. The sad reality is in 2024, Chelsea conceding four goals to Wolves at home is not an emergency, is not shocking. That's the sad state of affairs. That's sad. So now, photo, like, yeah. oh yeah, okay, yeah, the lost and. <laughs> so. so if you take out Thiago Silva, and I'll include Sterling, the average age of the squad, I would wager, is somewhere around twenty-two. 
maybe 21 even. Like the players who are playing are young. Mm-hmm. And they the idea that you buy or spend a billion euros, pounds, dollars worth of players and there are debates as to who should be playing where, I find insane. So I was looking at because I was thinking, like, what is the best team of the past maybe 10 years, 5 years, however long it was? And I was like, well, it must be the Real Madrid team that won the Champions League three times in a row. Oh. So I went to the 2017 final, and I looked at their team. And, you know, there's only there was one debate in the final. Basically, their whole team. Oh. There was one debatable position. Navas, unquestionable. The fullbacks, Carvajal, Marcelo, no question. Centre-back partnership. Varane, Ramos, no questions. The midfield, Casemiro, Kroos, Modric, no debate. The striker, Benzema, zero debate. Left wing, Cristiano Ronaldo, zero debate. The only questionable position was, do we play Isco? Do we play Asensio? Or do we play Gareth Bale? Mm. There was one position of the 11 that was questionable, debatable, a point of discussion. Everything else was exactly how it should be because they were built that way. When you come to Chelsea and these people are, oh, we, we're, we're doing a project, we're trying to develop a team, blah, 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 blah. How is it that I look at every position on the field and there's a relative debate about who should be playing where? If you're it, the striker, is it Nkunku? Should it be False Nine? Should it be Palmer? Should it be Jackson on the wings? Does Sterling deserve to be there? Mudrick in midfield. What's the right combination? Is it Gallagher plus Enzo? Is it Enzo plus Caicedo? Is it Enzo plus Gallagher? Do we need uh, uh, Chukwomeka or Lavia? The center back partnerships. Who partners with Silva? Should Silva be playing? Why is Chilwell on the left? Disassi on the right? Like every position is a debate, but they've spent a billion. You don't spend billions for debates. This is madness, bro. The proper teams, you look at their at their midfield, it makes sense. You have the, the sitting player, defensive-minded player, <laughs> whether it's a Busquets type, whether it's a Casemiro type. You have your passer, a distributor, your metronome, whether it's a Xavi type or a Kroos type. You have a player who can control the game and dribble players and link the attack with the midfield, whether it's a Iniesta type or a Madras type. There are examples of midfield everywhere. Meanwhile, at Chelsea, you spend $100 million on Enzo. We don't know what he is. <laughs> you spend $100 million on Caicedo. You don't know what he is. You're playing Gal... Like, it's befuddling, other than the fact that they're stupid or incompetent. That kind of gives me comfort in, like, in a logical sense. Like, it, it, it squares because they're dumb. But other than that, it's just infuriating. I don't understand, again, why I'm looking at a Chelsea squad and there are so many question marks based in the the number of money, just the sheer numbers, they spent 700 million net spend. They are, I think I saw a stat that they're 12th in the league since Todd Bowley arrived in terms of points per game. No, no, okay, you have to ask a question. What what was their intention when they were recruiting players? That's the key thing. The crux of the matter is when when Stanley and Stewart, these dumbos were hired, to do this recruitment what's what is your intention are you recruiting to win or are you just recruiting for development 
I have never in my life seen a team spend 700 million net spend on potentials. Majority of pot- potentials. So dumb. No, 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 no. It's it's not dumb. If you see what the potential is, see if so. If your intention, if your intention is to win, then it's stupid. If your intention isn't to win, then it's right. So if your intention is, <laughs> I want to get young players to develop them and flip them for a profit. Oh, this is this. Oh, this is great. Let's let's ride. So it just depends on what your intention is, and their intention wasn't to win because these guys aren't stupid. These guys just that nobody wants to come out and say it. Their intention isn't that we want to spend because we want to win now and be competitive. Their intention is, oh, if we win, cool, that's great. But really what he wants is be competitive, development. Let's flip, let's, let's make a profit off of these young players. Spread out the cost, amortization tax. And if you're going to flip them for a, for a profit, low wages, it's, it's, a, it's a Ponzi scheme. It's sick, actually. Yeah. <laughs> The the only perhaps saving grace is when venture capitalists buy something, their immediate aim based on who they are is to make money. So you immediately know once Clear Lake and Todd Bowley enter the into Stanford Bridge, their goal is not necessarily to win. It's to how do we maximize the amount of money we can make from this thing. The problem that they might run into and I think they will run into, is Chelsea fans have been so conditioned over the past 20 years that our club is not, it's not a money-making machine wait, as wait, such. Hold up. You said R. You said R club. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking from the perspective oh, of Chelsea sure, fans. Sure, 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 it, it, it's, it's, it's a rhetorical <laughs> gambit. Like, so so from, from the perspective of Chelsea fans, they're thinking our club is not a money-making machine as such. The club makes money and can generate profit, but we are here to win. Because Abramovich was not a venture capitalist, he did not buy Chelsea Football Club to make money. He bought it as a toy because he just loved football. So the conditioning of Chelsea fans, if it's as strong as it seems to be, (laughs) and Actually, I'm, I'm, I'm self-editing myself because I don't know how strong the love for Chelsea just is in terms of if Chelsea were in the second division or third division, how many people would show up? I'm sure there are those people in West London oh, in particular sure, or sure. London in general. Chelsea! And I'll just go. But the, the global fan base, the fan base that the Clear Lake people thought that they were going to tap into when buying it are conditioned to win. They're not conditioned for projects unless the project is to win now. And that's not what their project is. Their project is we're going to win sometime in the future, but it's not winning now. So I'm actually surprised that a lot of the introspection and discussion and anger, frankly, that I've seen Chelsea fans exhibit has not been towards the players or the manager, even though we realize on some level that the players are not capable and the manager certainly is not capable. A lot of the attention has gone to what the board is doing in ways that did not happen with Abramovich because Abramovich had a level of loyalty in the bank with Chelsea fans that he can almost do no wrong based on where we were in 2003, where we are now. They 
they didn't talk to him in that way. But because Boldy and those guys are new, Ekbali, etc., are new, there's a willingness that I don't think I've seen, except maybe with Manchester United fans and the Glazers, to attack the boardroom and the ownership in particular. And if it reaches a level where Chelsea are, I think we're comfortable in saying Chelsea are odds on favor to finish in the bottom half of the Premier League table, which I don't think has happened. Wait, hold on. Wait, didn't Chelsea finish 12th? Wasn't it 12th? What, what, did they? Yeah, because I was about to say, like, you were saying, like, oh, bottom half. It was 12th, bro. Wait. Oh, wow. Okay. Damn. Yeah, so, yeah. we finished 12th. Con- con- consistently. Okay. No, 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 no. No, that, that, I, I think that helps my point. Like, consistently finishing bottom half of the table. Mm. I don't think that can stand. No. Now, maybe they're insulated amongst West London to where they won't feel the world, but I very much doubt that. Everyone should have known this was a scheme when an American ownership group comes into the club and sells Christian Pulisic. You cannot make that make sense. So Americans come in and everybody thought Pulisic is going to be the captain of the club. He's going to stay, boo, 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 boo. AC Milan offer the money. Off he goes. They're, they're not here to win. They're here for money. Yeah. Business. But you would think in order to make money, the club has to win. Apparently, they're going about it in a completely different way. Like, we can lose and still make money. No, no, no. But, but because I think what they're banking on is it's almost sort of like an American mindset of, okay, so use, so use like New York Knicks. Super popular and everything. These guys, they've not sniffed an NBA title since like, what's the 70s? Well, they were but, in the NBA finals. But. Yeah. So, and again, it goes back to my whole business thing. Elastic in a in a, in elastic, so in their mind, Chelsea is an, an elastic product. Win, lose, draw, they they have to come through. This is this is a religion. This is a a, a drug. They they will supporting Chelsea is just a thing. It's not dependence on pe- performance. Mm-hmm. It's something that you just do. We will buy the matches. We'll buy the new jersey. So this is consistent, and that is what they're banking on. That who cares what they say? You know what it is? It's just a focal minority. Just a vocal minority that are pissed off. But the issue here is that Potter, they never plan for sacking Potter. That's why they're in this situation. Everything was all set up for Potter, four, five-year plan, process, boom. Sacking him was not part of the plan. But the fans created such a toxic atmosphere in the stadium, within the dressing room, the players that it's forced their hand. And now they're like, oh boy, we didn't plan mm-hmm. for this. Because Pochettino was not in, in our plans. Everything we had done, our research, data stuff was all about Potter, the team, everything. Brighton. But now Pochettino has come through and is like, this has just gone he, so wrong. He has less points with the same amount of games than Grand Potter. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. worse. Yeah. I've seen the, the graphic. Yeah, look, bro, that's 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 what's viral. Like, it's the mm-hmm. graphic where... Like, oh, it's And even more so than that, Potter was not a bad manager. The issue with Potter is he was not experienced, the wrong environments for him to su- succeed. Point. And same issue, well, <laughs> the same, same issue here, bad finishing. Bro, Enzo looked better under Gryffindor than Pochettino. So, so basically, look, what I have to tell guys is that, oh, Pochard, 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 he's so bad, sack Poch. Like, are you just dumb or are you stupid? Could be both. You, s- okay, you're both. You suck, Poch. Then what? 
Now what? <laughs> because at the end at the end of the day, the owners are just gonna hire someone of the same ilk. Because people say, Oh, bring in Mourinho. How does Mourinho work in this environment? How? Bro, if I think someone said if Mourinho comes in, Modric will try and jump off a, a roof. Oh wow. Like you have a situation. Do you think Mourinho's gonna come in and deal with a player who is challenging random people online <laughs> to a one v one? For 10k. Like that. <laughs> For 10k, for 10k, that's so. That is the kind of clown show that's that's happening at Chelsea right now. It's a clown show. Like, like who just has 10k? You're on Instagram DMs. Like, you just got 10k in the shoebox to go play Mudrick. You might win. To be fair, <laughs> if, 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 if it's not a race, Mudrick can have up and win. Yeah. <laughs> so, nah, no, no, no. It's it's a mess. It's just it's a mess. I want to know what you think about this. So. Actually, it's Manchester United adjacent in the sense of mm. for years, Manchester United spent a lot of money and a lot of time figuring out how do we unlock Paul Pogba? So they tried, they, they played him with Fred, they played him with Matic, they tried Bruno, they tried two in midfield, they tried three. There was a bunch of different people who came in and the goal was... Can we unlock Paul Pogba? I'm sure I'm missing some names or whatever, but Manchester United fans will school me on that one. But that was a general sentiment that Paul Pogba needs to be unlocked. How do we do this? Because we've seen him play for France and he plays well when he's alongside Conte. Ideally, we buy Conte, but they couldn't from Chelsea. But that's the point. Like, How do we unlock Paul Pogba? They spent six seasons, seven years trying to do it. They never could. Or at least when they did, it was very rare. I think... This idea of unlocking a player and unlocking a midfielder in particular is a riddle that Chelsea have bought themselves in Enzo Fernandez. It seems to me that unlocking Fernandez is going to be another three, four, five year project for Chelsea. That the, the midfielders they have now, he doesn't play well with Gallagher, he doesn't play well with Caicedo. What type of midfielder can you play with Enzo within the context of Chelsea Football Club that unlocks his ability? And is that something that can be done? Just because we've seen it for, an, for a national team like Pogba with France, you've kind of seen a similar thing with Enzo in Argentina. But when they come to their club teams, or just that club in particular, it seems as if things aren't working. I think he's played 38 or 39 Premier League games, two goals, two assists. Or maybe two goals, three assists. You see, for me, I think here's the no, thing. No, 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 just quickly. Yeah. I'm not saying Pogba and Enzo are the same type of midfielder. What I'm saying is, is the, the, the necessity to unlock their potential is something that I think could be similar. No, I, I think for me, I feel that the need to unlock Pogba was more was was needed more than unlocking Enzo. Okay. Enzo is a guy that he's just he's a, he's part of a collective. Pogba is a difference maker. So like Pogba is a guy where he, this guy can literally by himself have a major impact in helping you win a game. That's not what Enzo is. Enzo is just a guy who just really adds to the really good functioning of a team. When you look at Argentina, he's not really the guy that stands out. Mm. He just fits really well with McAllister okay. 
in that midfield. But for France, Pogba stands out. He's the guy that is really making differences and making plays and doing things. You see, Enzo's role is similar to what's like, um, not the same, but just similar to what Matuidi or Kante's role was for France. So as in, were there just to keep the midfield functioning well? Mm. Pogba, make something happen, create something, make really be be a difference, connect things, so he, have those key moments. Mm. So for United, it didn't make sense that, no, you have to figure, because you unlocking Pogba can be the difference of you being an elite team or a mid-tier team. Mm-hmm. But for Enzo, it's not about unlocking Enzo. It's a case of, no, how does the team function? You have so to you get don't the see Enzo as a well. game changer in the in the way that Pogba would be? No, no. He's just. I see. Him, I see. Him just a very talented midfielder that needs to be part of a talented system. They spent 120 million euros, and he's not a that's game their, changer. That's their fault. That's the, <laughs> go ask them. That's they spend the money. No, no, not but me. See, but <laughs> see, the the reason I make the connection is because I do see them both as gifted young players who went mm. to dysfunctional clubs, and I feel like there's there's more potential that can be tapped. If they find the right combination, but the com- the current combination of players is at Chelsea is not correct, as it was never really correct at Manchester United. Now, I've seen people say well, no, 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 but, but, but also no, no. Real quick thing though, again, if I look at the two, we saw Enzo for in Benfica for a few months. Then we saw him for about a month at the World Cup. How many years do we see Pogba doing what he did at Juve? Yeah, um, at Juve, Pogba. I think he was voted player. Of that World Cup he won with France. Was it the end of 17 or under 21? Mm. That France won. I think he was voted the best player that, that France won. And you now look at what he was doing in Euro 2016 and then what he did in the World Cup. So there was a there was a large resume as to this could be this generation's best midfielder. So 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 basically Pogba's pedigree you're saying is more deep. Oh, way higher. I hear that. I hear yeah, that. Yeah. But still, I I do think <laughs> there's going to be a lot of time and effort and energy spent on figuring out the right combination in midfield for Chelsea. But Enzo's qualities are are, are going to be an issue. Because if, if if again, if we look at the top midfields in the world or like in the in recent history, he's not a Modric, he's not a Kroos and he's not a Casemiro. He's a little bit of all of them, but he's not one of them. So how do you piece him together? Does he play in a two? Does he play in a three? I think there's going to be a lot of time and effort spent on that. And and just lastly, the people who are mm. making the decisions have no idea what they're up to. No, no, but I think it's but it's, it's about if you play football, mm. you feed off the energy of guys you're around. So again, I, even if I'm, I was never, I'm just use me as a small example. So in our school, we used to have like, A's, B's, C's, D's, like first, second, thirds. So when I played for like the B team, people were, so central midfield, I knew that I look right, left, everyone is quality. So that's improved my game because I know that I was in a team where everybody was of a high level. So I looked better in that central midfield. I moved down to the C team, less quality players. I look a lot worse. So if Enzo is in a team Caicedo, he's low on, on confidence. You have that cocaine user Gallagher <laughs> ahead of you. Allegedly. You have you have um, Colwell, who's not really a left back, but trying to be left. So when you look at the guys around you, and the the functioning is so bad, and the players, and as you just said earlier on, 
We don't even know whether these players are even playing in the right positions to begin with. That's what affects you. Like, there are times when Enzo has the ball, he looks like, okay, wait, what's happening? What do I pass to? Like, what's going on? <laughs> so he looks confused because he's like, okay, what's the situation here? You know, but when he's at Benfica and everything, like, you know, that's why it goes back to the manager, the setup and the recruitment. Mm. Like, for a midfielder, you know that the, even before you receive the ball, you already know what you're going to do. What you don't want to do as a midfielder is when you receive the ball, you're not thinking about what to do. No. That's, then you know something is up. A functioning team, especially with the midfielder, is as I receive the ball, I already, I already know that he's going to be there. He's going to be there. He's going to be there. I receive it. Boom. 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 But if it's not functioning, you receive it, you're like, okay. All right. Then it's, it's a mess. <laughs> it's a mess. So... Anyway, like I think what spawned that was yesterday or the day before. The I think there's a there's the thought that Enzo's trying to escape, and he wants out. Oh yeah, I saw it. He wants to leave. Like, bro, you signed a nine year contract, my guy. You're like, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really pretty <laughs> difficult, bro. I know one begged you to sign the the blood packs. Oh, you know, like so. indentured servitude is, is is not for everybody. Anyway, uh, we'll come back. All right. I'm thinking, okay, so we we can't not do a podcast and talk about this. Madrid derby mm. transpired. Madrid have so many injuries that it's kind of hard to judge exactly what's going on over there. So they played Carvajal and Nacho as their center back pairing. My major question here is, are they actually trying to win? In the sense of, so you we just had a transfer window where basically nothing happened. Mm. Chelsea loaned Brozier to Fulham. Bayern Munich signed Eric Dyer. Uh, and they I think they signed somebody from Galatasaray mm. to cover a right back or left back. Um, but other than that, like Bayern were the biggest movers, no, no, you'd but, say. Because, you know, for Fabrizio actually cracked a joke. He said, like, do you know what the biggest transfer of the January window was? Lewis Hamilton to Ferrari. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and it was. That was, the, that was. that was the biggest transfer of the January window. So, Shout out to Lewis. Yeah. Anyway. Um... But yeah, it was uneventful. No. Yeah, it was weird. Nothing happened. Rudiger was injured or had been injured, I believe. There's obviously the injuries to Militao. Um, Alaba's out for the season. Yeah, Vinny got injured before the game. Yeah, and it just seems as if they're cool. We can just put anybody back here. We'll, we'll play a right back. We'll play a defensive midfielder. We'll just shuffle the pieces around. Vasquez has now become a fullback in, in his later years and... Is Carlo confident in the versatility of his players? Or maybe Madrid genuinely are broke and they can't spend any money? Um, maybe they're saving all their money for Mbappe, who's seemingly going to Real Madrid. I'd like that to be finalized so we can actually talk about it realistically. Yeah, but yeah. buy a center back. Just one. Like the, the goal they conceded, which is why I bring the point up. Mm. It was players who didn't look comfortable either playing with each other or in that position. Like Carvajal made a mistake. Nacho tried to kick the ball yeah, instead of heading it. Yeah. You know, like, and I think Nacho is more of a, a natural center back than anybody they have left. But still, the quality is something that you have to discuss, even though he's been there for years and years. Um, it's just, they need to, I, I would have thought this is an opportunity to take it seriously. Because other than Manchester City, I think they are odds-on favorites to win the Champions League. But definitely not with that defense. They need players back and in a hurry. I mean, yeah, I think, look, it's the reason why it's building your squad is so key. 
building mm-hmm. your your squad is so key because I mean, but for Real, it's this is like yeah, come on. I mean, Militao for the season, Kutal for the season, Kutal. then Alaba coming through like. This is like that Liverpool season when they had all those injuries. So this is one of those things where it's this this would have been very hard to account for, and it's very rare to have the kind of injuries they've had this season. It's very rare, mm. you know. So which is why it, it's so lucky that Bellingham did what he was able to, to do, because Bellingham scoring all those goals that was not really part of the the plan. So that oh wow, this is crazy, you know. But as I said again, despite all the injuries, I I double dare them to lose to Girona. <laughs> like, like I, I don't care how many injuries they have. That's no that's that's another, I guess, benefit is Barcelona aren't the challenger that they mm. used to be. So you can maybe think, ah, we can kind of escape with this for a couple months. And when we get the players back, we haven't bought somebody who will just be on the bench. Or we can save money for the summer and maybe buy a better option than we could get in January. Or Like, I can see how you could talk yourself into it. But I would think when you look at the landscape... Who's performing in Europe and what you need to still accomplish in La Liga? Go out and buy a defender. Is, there's no free agent that you could have picked up somebody, just any, just a body, literally, that's used to playing center back. But I don't know. Maybe wages and money at, at Madrid aren't as aren't as um flowing as we're used to. Um Inter Juve, I didn't watch, but I'm sure you did. Mm. So I'd love a, a brief hit on. I believe Juventus losing one nil. Yeah, look, I mean, yeah. Inter with it with a better team, easily the better team. Like you know, they controlled the game, had the better chances. Juve had like a few opportunities here and there, a few things from Vlaovic, but I just think that yeah, like Inter should win this league. Like they are considerably the best team in this league, considerably. And I just think that they were just on a whole different level to Juventus. And again, you know, Bellingham signing of the season, Marcus Turan might be the second best signing of the season. Like he's been a huge upgrade on Lukaku. And I just think how well he's fitted into <laughs> the setup, man, has, has been money, man. But yeah, like easily, like inside, just like the, 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 this is a really good team. Hence, well, that, that inside athletic game is going to be a very, very good game to watch. Mm. Can I say there have been people who have. And when I say people, I mean accounts on Twitter, X. Yeah. By the way, Blue Sky opened for people. I don't know if people want to jump on that one. but wait, wait, you know, is, you is, es- is that Jack's other? Yeah, 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 uh-huh. yeah, yeah. So, like, you can escape Elon if you want. I'm but... there, bro. <laughs> Just go, go, go clip up with, click up with Jack. But, um, so on Twitter, I've seen, oh, Roma have won three games in a row since they sacked Mourinho. Oh, oh Lord. I go, I go look at who they played. It's like Helenus Verona, Salernitana, and some other team that's uh, Cagliari. I can never pronounce that one. Cagliari. Anyway, they played like 20th, 18th, and 17th in the table. So again, they strategically sacked Mourinho before he was going to win those games. <laughs> So he didn't get more, I don't know, stature within the fan base because they were playing like the easiest run of their season. So they gave that to De Rossi. And apparently now since Mourinho's gone, it's a revelation and they're playing beautiful football, but they're just playing trash teams. They sacked him after he lost to Milan, who are near the top. So Mourinho always man, he gets I, 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 I the they sack him before a cup final for Tottenham. Man. 
They hate, they, they hate our boy. By the way, who was in the Predators Adidas commercial. Yeah, it was crazy. Actually, but even speed on really, because it just brought me up. Hazard Hazard is coming to that Obi-Wan podcast soon, bro. You keep mentioning the thing, man. Like, it's a, it's a, it's a way, man. It's a way. Are you hype? And, and, and check also. Yo! 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 Who? Say again? Check. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Inching closer towards DJ Drogba. Yeah. That's the only one I really want to watch. Um, no, but Hazard said that he was a better footballer than Ronaldo. Yeah. The timeline went crazy. I know. I don't understand why. Because it makes perfect sense what he said. Yeah, he said like, he's greater than me. But, but in better. terms of pure football, pure football I'm which, means, which means ability on the ball, I think I'm better. And he's, I, I think he said the only ones better than me are Messi and, and maybe Neymar. Neymar. Like, we've it's said that like, for years. We've said that for like it's obvious. But here's the thing: you have to understand that a lot of these people who are these Cristiano Ronaldo fanboys—they're not football fans. They are fans of Cristiano Ronaldo. They're not fans of football. So anything mm. you see against their idol, they see as an affront. That is facts. Cristiano is greater than Hazard. Hazard is a better pure footballer than Cristiano Ronaldo. End of discussion. Nothing more to say. Nothing more to add. And it is what it, it is. It makes me. It makes me feel good in the sense that I think Hazard speaks the same language of football that I do. But, like but, when but, when he says pu- when 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 he, when he says pure footballer, I know what I know exactly what he means because that's yeah. how I would phrase it. Mm. Like what I was able to do one v one against defenders is in his mind pure football. Like my ability to play make to dribble to embarrass. That is pure. That is football at its essence. In other words, it's pure. And that's what he means by that. And I don't think there's any way that you could look at Hazard play at his peak, whether for Lille, Chelsea. Mm. He didn't really have a peak at Real Madrid, but at those two clubs and come up with any any other thing than, of course, it's better in some way than what Ronaldo was able to do. Now, what what Cristiano did with his skill set led to more great feats, and of course, he's a he's a more storied footballer in the history in the annals of of history. He's going to be remembered in a better way than Hazard because of what he was able to do and what his teams were able to accomplish, unquestioned. But I, I, you have to understand what he's saying. Yeah. Uh, in, in meaning meaning Eden Hazard. If the words came from Ronaldinho, it would it would make sense. People would get I'm pure footballer. I'm a better pure footballer than Cristiano. If Ronaldinho said it, because he's the ultimate example of what pure football is. Mm. But because it's Hazard and the recency bias of his time at Real Madrid, Real Madrid is quite yeah. raw, and you're using a Real Madrid legend to kind of compare yourself with, you know, people people weren't going to be happy with that one. But shout out to Eden. I hope he has a good podcast and he's able to explain himself um, with, uh, with John. Um, Asian Cup, quickly. Jordan, um, South Korea are out. They lost to Michael. Michael Jordan, um, MJ. <laughs> and who are they? Who, who, are they, who are they playing in the final? Either do we know yet? Iran or Qatar. Iran or Qatar. So okay, yeah. I don't, is that game tomorrow or? That game is tomorrow. And then, <laughs> yeah. you know what? I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to ask you a prediction. I feel like that would be unfair. Oh, hell no. I'm not giving you a prediction. Um, and No, no. I wouldn't want you to give one um, with Nigeria and South Africa, which is its own political funness mm. um, <laughs> and cultural funness. And, uh, but, you know, I can ask you 
Who would you rather play? No, nah, I can't even ask you that because it assumes Nigeria in a final. Um, <laughs> and I don't want you to jinx anything. So I'll just ask you, how are you feeling ahead of tomorrow's game against South Africa? Just let's 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 let <laughs> is it just 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 let the game just <laughs> begin. <laughs> let the game just begin. No, but like, the, this, this is the funny part because like half hope as long as I've known him has been like these these Nigeria guys, I can't let them drive my emotions in nineteen ninety eight or ninety four, whenever it was. Like I gave up on them. Yeah. <laughs> he said I gave up on them. So I can't imagine how you were as like a youth. <laughs> Oh, no, no, like, was, what, even now, I can I can feel stress. I was oh, 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 no, like I am trust me, I'm way more. I told you, like I keep saying this, like Nigeria against Spain. When we made it three two, I left the room, so I didn't even see the last twenty minutes of the of the game. So like then, basically, it was I would have I would have gotten I would have been admitted into house hospital if I kept on going like that. It was too much. So but how, look, how, think, how are your siblings with like your football watching siblings or parents? With with Nigeria, like, do they feel the same way like you do? Like, are they done with I, it? Like, I've washed my hands. Oh no, no, no! Are, after, are they like full? Like Nigeria? No, 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 no. After after ninety eight, my brothers bought their Nigeria jerseys. They <laughs> they, they bought them. So, <laughs> like, they, it's, 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 see, like my 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 oldest brother, he's like sort of in, sort of so he's sort of in. My other brother is he hates. Like, my brother, he literally has uh, he has put a hex on them. To never win another trophy again, so he's like hundred percent out. Oh, pause. They burnt their jerseys. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where? How? He told he told me like in school and school like he went and he burnt the oh, jersey. Oh, okay, okay. That's crazy. So cautious, trepidatious. Yeah, seems, I'm just, I'm just, just cautious. I'm, for me, I'm like, I you know, will let's, say let, 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 let the game roll. You you can just listen. Don't agree yeah. or disagree. I think Nigeria should win. Um, the health of Victor Osimhen is something that I think has been called into question. I do think he traveled. I don't think he trained, all of that. Um, but if you look at the 11s, Nigeria should win based on paper. But football is not played on paper. It's played on the pitch. And South Africa, I think 10 of their players, or maybe is it nine of their players, play for the same club. So there's continuity yeah, within the South African team that, 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 yeah, uh, that doesn't exist in the Nigerian team. So... It's like continuity against maybe more talent, bro. There, if it goes to penalties, <laughs> the oh, South no. African goalkeeper saved four out of five. I don't know if I've ever yeah, seen yeah, that. Yeah, was screwed. If it goes to penalties, then what? Um, was screwed. <laughs> no, but at least you're not playing Uzoho. Like your was it Stanley? I forget. Yeah, Noabali. At least he plays. Oh, bro! Um, if if yeah, not for Noah, if it was Zoho, we wouldn't be here. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. Uh, on the other side, we have DRC against Ivory Coast. Carl mm. um, Carl published a piece today about Juju, which was interesting, um, and I've seen you mention it with yeah. with relation to the run that Ivory Coast are going on. Um, there hasn't been much space in this tournament, I think, for spirituality. But if you want to invoke the spiritual nature of the Afcon. No better place to look than Ivory Coast. The narrative is basically it's a story. That's why if I was to pick now, obviously you already know who I want to win, but who I think is gonna win, the story for Ivory Coast, it's 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 there. When you look at the group mm. stage, the manager stepping down, this new manager coming in who was part of the 06 Golden Generation, 
Um, you look at the Senegal game, you look at the madness of the Mali game, which which has spawned one of the memes of the year of the guy pouring water <laughs> on a manager's neck. So it's like, there's so much kind of like, the, it's it's so, see, if they end up on a win, it's, it would be like, it's that, that's a documentary in and of itself. It's such a crazy story. So look, it's Africa, man. I told you, I, I don't, don't care understand. what anyone says. Af- AFCON provides more, more drama excitement than any other tournament on the planet on the planet why was he like i i know it was hot but i don't understand like let that man cry let him cry okay how does pouring water on my neck help stop me from crying that's what i don't understand what what makes it funny is the the coach wasn't stopping him he was just like letting it yeah i I should know but but you know no 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 in an honest thought he was he must have just been in his own zone so i don't think he even realized that when it was was, was pouring on him so No, 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 um, but it's been, it's been yeah, an enjoyable yeah, tournament, yeah. though. It's been enjoyable. Yeah. But, but, but see, this is what... Because we're yeah, having a, yeah. a convo with someone about it. I was with some guys. And, I've, and this is... I've always felt this about international football. This is what I have to understand. Club football is about mercenaries. What United were 20 years ago isn't what United is now. Bro, we just talked about Chelsea. What Chelsea is now isn't what we were two or three years ago. Culture lasts thousands of, of years. So there's always going to be some semblance of continuity of how Nigerians, Japanese, Germans, Swedish people interpret the sports of football. So when you look at international football, there's just there's something far realer and more genuine than club football, which is just filled with money, systems, tactics, robotics. But international football, where you can't bring in those systems, you can't implement those tactics, you can't micromanage, there's a lot more jazz, unpredictability, and freedom to international football than there is with club football. So, you know, mm. that's why it's a bit fun. I will say I'm rooting I'm rooting for Ivory Coast. Um, oh, bastard. No, I mean, they're the only one who have a local coach. I say local coach. He was born in France. Um, mm. But... Congo are coached by Desabra, who's French. Hugo Bruce is, I Belgian. believe, Belgian. Belgian. And your coach is from Portugal. So the only, you know, diasporic representation, I would say, um, is the Ivory Coast team. And if it, if if Ivory Coast had it their way, it would have been Hervé Renard. So oh, yeah, true, shout true. out to France for like yeah. letting letting the Africans cook. Uh <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so I I would like to see. I always I, there's just something in me that I'm just I'm against a, a team being African nations, especially whether on the African continent or even the Caribbean, being managed by like, yeah, it's messed up, reject European coaches. Like who is Pesaro? Where did, who where who are you? What have you done? He came from the road. He's from the road. From the road. Like, we got him from the road. Now and De- De Sabra was at one point the Uganda coach, so I know him quite well. Um, wait, wait, but wait, yeah, is that, they, is that they the, just get the DRC guy. DRC, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, like they just get passed around the African continent left and right, and just yeah. oh, you, you you don't work out with Cameroon, you go Togo. You don't work out with Togo, you go Benin. You don't work out with Benin, you go but Congo. My, it's a it's colonial just... mentality. My thing is why you are. They didn't force you to hire them. You're going to go and hire these people. So for me, it's colonial mentality. Simple as that. I, I I would understand if Mourinho wanted to coach Nigeria. Okay, you're getting proven talent from Europe that wants to come and help in some capacity. But if it's just 
just some random white man who's done some coaching badges, but his most experience is some third division in France or second division in Belgium or something. It's just like, where are y'all finding these people? Anyway, um, there was one thing that is worth discussing before we get off the mic. Leverkusen and Bayern Munich play this weekend, I believe. Is it? Um, I think so. Uh, Bayern Munich schedule. I just typed in their basketball team for some reason. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Bayern Munich. Sa- Saturday. Saturday at 10. So this is the the actual like biggest match. They'll try to sell you on Dortmund. Um, oh, Munich. Please. But um, <laughs> this is this is the actual big match of the season. Um, actually, it might be worth it to look at the table so I can get this exactly correct. Um, so Leverkusen are on 52 points. Bayern Munich are on 50 points. They've played the same 20 games. Mm. Leverkusen have not lost this season. They've scored 52 goals to Bayern's 59. You know, the goal difference, the goals and fours are, is, is negligible. But this is Bayern Munich's big chance uh, to make up some of the slip-ups that they've had. Um, I don't know how close you pay attention to Bundesliga, but how are you feeling about Bayern's chances to overtake Leverkusen? And if they do win, is that it? Um... Look, but I I can't bet against a team who won 11 in a row. Like, what Leverkusen is doing is amazing. Shouts, Grimaldo, Boniface, um, Vets, Jabilonzo. Boniface is really good on Twitter, by the way. He's a good follow. Yeah. Look, 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 see, look, they've, it's been, it's been a good story, a good shout, but let's be realistic. Hurricane <laughs> isn't going to go to Bayern in his first season. They finished trophyless, bro. That's, that, that, that can't happen. <laughs> Um, Could, if they lose, I think it's done. No, no. I think five if, points. If they lose, nah, five. There's still a long way to go. It, and remember, like, in Germany, like, they don't play more, thirty-eight. More pressure. They play thirty-four. And so yeah. there's only fourteen games left. So this would be there'd be thirteen games left, and if they have a five-point gap with a team that hasn't lost any game yet, I mean. Where where do they drop points if not here? Um, it could also be in a place my, that's very unlikely. Question, I remember they may not lose, but they may draw. You know, so because um, mm. remember Liverpool lost the title only losing one game. True. So, um, but but look, I just I I can't see Leverkusen doing it though. I I, I, I just can't. I can't. I can't. I just can't envision it. I think unless bro, Bayern have not been great. Tuchel has not been great with his band side. But I just feel no. the amount of game winners they have, whether it's Musiala, Coman, Kane, Leroy Sane, they'll get Coman's it. Coman's out, I think. Oh, for He's the season? Bad injury. Uh, probably for this game. Yeah. No, no, but, but, but um... they just have too many difference makers, you know, so, you know, so. Let me look. I'm a, I am quite curious, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. He has a torn knee ligament, so he'll be out for a torn MCL. That happened in January. So, um, yeah, it okay. <laughs> you know how a lot of your analysis ends up in narrative. Mm. What does the narrative say? 
like what the broader narrative of like Harry Kane going to Germany, does it say that they win or would they lose? Oh no, the no no the the narrative is that they, they lose. That's that's the more interesting na- narrative. That he 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 goes there and they're not mm. profitless while he breaks Lewandowski's right record. But what is most likely to happen is because my thing for Lewandowski, so for um, Kane is, yeah, if you win the bonus league, I'm like, okay, fine. For him, it's great because he finally won a trophy. But the real win is the UCL and what he does in the, in the Champions League. Because again, we didn't give a crap about all Lewandowski did until he won the UCL. So, no, but this this will count against Kane because people will go narrative, and they'll say, "What is it about Harry Kane that you can't win a trophy with him?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, for for narrative building, they better win something. Um, whether it's the Champions League or the Bundesliga. But anyway, uh, this has been the Talking Texas podcast. We thank you guys for listening. I'm at Daniel to look. Half Hope is where? Halfhopefootballhots.com. Indeed. Carl is at The Athletic. Go check him out. Read the piece about Juju. It's pretty good. Um, yeah. Uh, you can follow the podcast on Patreon. You can support the podcast on Apple Podcasts by buying a subscription. Um, we have a second podcast called Trap. Talking race, African people. Go look at that one. There's over 20 episodes, I'd say. Um, yeah. Anything left to plug, Double H? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Talking Tactics Podcast. Sometimes funny, sometimes serious. Always football. Indeed. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace, peace, peace. Sports Social Podcast Network. <laughs>